And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. And I do want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company, are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. I've got a lot of audio to play for you in this first uh, bit of the show. And I'm, I'm going to do it in various ways. There's a lot to get to today. Yesterday was one of those days where it was like, you know, I just, I was off. I felt weird. Just, yeah, I don't know. It it probably translated into the show. I didn't feel like the show was very great. Uh, I know it was awesome. It just wasn't great by my standards. But again, a bad show here is a better show than 98% of the rest of the radio world. So I understand that. You're very privileged to have me as your radio host, and I'm privileged to have you in my audience. But with that said, I feel like yesterday could have been better. And then I wake up today... And there's just, there's, there's news falling out of every pore of the most zit-infested teenager that you could possibly imagine in your, in your own head. I mean, they're just oozing out. They're squirting out. They're oozing out. They're all over the mirror. It's, it's just news stories are not stopping today. So we've got a lot. Let's see. What do we have? I have a spy who has been inside Deep MAGA. And what they have revealed about Deep MAGA is, well, frankly, earth-shattering. I'm going to play that audio clip a little bit later on. A federal judge has revealed in court documents that Joe Biden approved the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> in spite of the White House going, we didn't know anything about it. Which, of course, you all knew is was bull. But there's still a few people out there who will believe anything. Uh, we've got... Uh, we've got uh, Democrats openly calling for civil war now. We've got a bunch of stuff. So it's it's going to be a, a good one. Oh, oh, oh. The CDC. Court documents revealed the CDC was spreading misinformation to Facebook in order to get Facebook to censor content on Facebook. But the CDC was lying about the information they were giving to Facebook. It's just, oh, man. It's a big day. It's a big day. So if you have anybody that you think would appreciate this show, Please send them the link to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. They can come over, they can subscribe, they can watch, they can hang out with us. I would appreciate that. This is a week old, but it's it's very pertinent for today. Right now, I think most of you know my favorite governor is Ron DeSantis. I think pretty much everybody's favorite governor is Ron DeSantis. In the near future, I do believe that that may cause some debate. Because I think Kerry Lake is going to give Ron DeSantis a run for his money. We'll see. But I, I love the way that this woman handles herself. She's a former journalist, and, and she's obviously um, a Republican. And she is just dominating everybody in the media in Arizona that she comes in contact with. I want to play you this clip here. Now, this happened at one of her campaign rallies a week ago. And I've wanted to play it. It just keeps getting put on the back burner. And I, I have an opportunity to play it today because it coincides greatly with what we're going to be talking about in this first hour. Now, you won't be able to hear the so-called journalist at the very beginning of this. So what he's basically saying is, oh, Carrie Lake, you've been telling everybody that Biden is divisive, but don't you think Trump is divisive when he falsely says that the election was stolen? Okay, then you hear her response. So you're going to hear some mumbling and then you're going to hear her response. But I want to leave his comments in there, even though you can't hear them. I want to leave them in there for contextual purposes. So this is Carrie Lake a week ago in Arizona. So I can't hear you. Sorry, you said you feel like Joe Biden is dividing the country, but do you feel like Donald Trump is doing the same by falsely telling people that he won that election when he lost it? How does that divide the country? Questioning, questioning an election where there are obviously problems is, is dividing the country? 
Since when can we not ask questions about our elections? As a journalist for many years, I was a journalist after 2016, and I distinctly remember many people just like you asking a lot of questions about the 2016 election results. And nobody tried to shut you up. Nobody tried to tell Hillary Clinton to shut up. Nobody tried to tell Kamala Harris when she was questioning the uh, legitimacy of these electronic voting machines to stop. We're, we have freedom of speech in this country, and you of all people should appreciate that. You're supposedly a journalist. You should appreciate that. So I don't see how asking questions about an election where there are many problems is dividing a country. What I do see dividing a country is shutting people down, censoring people, canceling people, trying to destroy people's lives when they do ask questions. Last I heard, we still have the Constitution. It's hanging by a thread, thanks to some of the work some people in this area have done. But we're going to save that Constitution, and we're going to bring back freedom of speech. And maybe someday you'll thank us for that. And she's right. Literally everything that she said was absolutely and totally correct. There was nothing in that that was inaccurate in any way, shape, or form. Now, we have obviously gone over this many, many times. I know that you're well aware of it and everything else. But there was another video here that I want to play for everybody. Now, I ran into this one uh, over the weekend. And I've started to notice that a lot of people on BT Media have been posting this and, and everything else. So... Um, I want to just play you a portion of this. This is overall, it's about a 14-minute video. I'm only going to play you a few minutes of it. But this is one of Trump's lawyers just leveling Democrats in Congress as he's providing testimony uh, with impeachment. And, and this happened a while ago, but this is just important. Now, remember, was it last week? I think it was Friday, Thursday or Friday. I played you three minutes of a 10-minute video that I have of Democrats denying the results of elections. But I want you to listen to this again. One of Trump's lawyers just talking about this, and he plays some montages too. I just want you to listen to what what he says in this. This is going viral now lately, but but it's not something that just happened. And when the House managers realized that the president's actual words could not have incited the riot, as you alleged in your article of impeachment, you attempted to pivot. You said that raising the issue of election security and casting doubt on the propriety of our elections was dangerous. One of the House managers, Mr. Cicilline, told you that this is not about the words Mr. Trump used in isolation. Rather, it is about the big lie, the claim that the election was stolen. The House managers told you that it's the big lie that incited the riot, and that the big lie was President Trump's claim that the election was not a fair election or that the election was stolen. Claiming an election was stolen, you were told, are words that are insightful to a candidate's followers and cause people to respond violently. Claiming an election was stolen or not legitimate is something that a candidate should never do because he or she knows or should know that such a claim and such words can actually incite violent insurrection, you were told. Well, it seems that the House manager's position must be actually a bit narrower than that. The House manager's position really is that when Republican candidates for office claim an election is stolen or that the winner is illegitimate, it constitutes inciting an insurrection, and the candidate should know it. But Democratic Party candidates for public elective office are perfectly entitled to claim the election was stolen or that the winner is illegitimate or to make any other outrageous claim they can. It is their absolute right to do so. 
and it is their absolute right to do so, irrespective of whether there's any evidence to support the claim. Democratic candidates can claim that an election was stolen because of Russian collusion or without any explanation at all, and that is perfectly okay and is in no way incitement to an insurrection. And somehow, when Democratic candidates publicly decry an election as stolen or illegitimate, it's never a big lie. You've been doing it for years. But can you imagine telling your supporters that the only way you could possibly lose is if an American election was rigged and stolen from you? And ask yourself whether you've ever seen anyone at any level of government make the same claim about their own election. If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. It's clear. It's clear. And I would say, I say that publicly, it's clear. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. He knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. Votes remain to be counted. There are voices that were waiting to be heard. And I will not concede. Respect, and I respect where you're coming from, and I respect the, the issues that you're raising. You're not answering the question. Do you think it was... I am. No, would I not do You're not using the word legitimate. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections and of ensuring the principle of one person, one vote. I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. But constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines, which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. This is their only opportunity to have this debate while the country is listening, and it is appropriate to do so. House Manager Castro no longer has to try to imagine it, thanks to the distinguished senator and others. It didn't have to be this way. The Democrats promised unity. They promised to deliver the very COVID relief in the form of $2,000 stimulus checks that President Trump called for. They should have listened to their own words of the past. Yeah. You realize that there are still members of Obama, not Obama. Yeah, kind of Obama. Obama's administration, Biden's administration, that still believe that the 2000 election was stolen. Still to this day. In fact, one of them... Uh, the uh, the chief of staff, Ron Klain, just tweeted it out four days ago. Just four days ago. He was tweeting out conspiracy theories about the 2000 election. And again, this, as we have highlighted multiple times here, and I know that we're not alone, but as we have highlighted multiple times on the show, the Democrats set a strategy in place in 2000 to never let a recount not go their way again. And there were a lot of people, including many Democrats, who told journalists Democrats don't lose recounts when when they went down to Florida in 2000, but they lost that recount because Republicans actually fought for what was right. And Democrats have made a vow to never let that happen again. And so they have put systems in place to ensure that various things go their way. And that's how you get scenes like what you have in, in Wayne County, where you all go to bed, 
Michigan's been called. Trump wins Michigan. You wake up the next day. Ballots magically appear in the middle of the night, and then they start counting those ballots behind a in a room that's closed off from election watchers, and then they boarded up the window so nobody could watch. And, and that's... Do I have any evidence that they did anything nefarious in there? No, but does anybody go look at that and say that that doesn't... that that actually passes the smell test? The ballots just show up in the middle of the night. They count them in a room. They don't allow any election watchers in there, and then they board up the window so nobody can see what they're doing. That, that passes the smell test for some people, huh? Oh, okay. But this is this is what they have been doing for decades now. Over twenty years, they've been doing this. And the one time Republicans make a stink about it, suddenly it's the big lie. And naturally, because people believe that the election was manipulated, and it certainly was, if you don't believe that it was stolen, we certainly know that laws were changed illegally that allowed ballots that would never be counted in another election to be counted. And that could have swayed the election in Biden's favor. Okay, that's not up for debate. That is absolute concrete fact. But beyond that, they're now using this. The left is using this to call for civil war. We'll talk about that next. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So you just heard something that happened a week ago, okay? A journalist goes up to Carrie Lake, who is running for governor in Arizona, former journalist herself. And says, uh, you called Biden divisive. But don't you think that uh, Trump's divisive, too, by claiming that he he lost an, uh, he won an election that he lost? And she goes out there and she's like, what's wrong with asking? What's divisive about asking questions about an election that we clearly had problems in? And, and here's the thing. There's no debate about there being problems in the election. There clearly were problems in the election. The debate is whether or not those problems equated to a change in who won. That is the debate. Anybody who tells you that, oh, nothing weird happened in the election at all is just a liar. That person should be discounted and, and ignored. They're irrelevant. But the debate is, you know, with the things that happened, was that enough to overturn the results of the election and sway it towards Biden? Would it have mattered? That sort of thing. Okay? And that's where people have some disagreements. Uh, my side is more informed than the other side. But nonetheless, there is a disagreement there. It's just a matter of opinion. But we know that clear things happened during that election, and we've even had court rulings about it, including Supreme Courts in some states that have made rulings on this, and it is important that that is acknowledged. While many people in the media try to ignore that or pretend that that hasn't happened, it's disingenuous and dishonest, they're lying to their audiences. So then you have Carrie Lake answering the question very, very, very well, Um, but remember, it has been, as we played the, uh, the clip from Trump's lawyer, It has been the talking point that even if Trump didn't incite what happened on January 6th, on January 6th with his earlier speech, which clearly did not incite anything, it was everything that he said before that that incited it, which of course isn't how incitement works, but I digress, and therefore he he should be held accountable. But of course the left has been doing this for a long time. So are they accountable for the Antifa and BLM violence? Are they accountable for... Uh, the other times the state capitals were overrun by insurrectionists at the state and the federal level. Are they responsible for all of that? Why is it the news media doesn't hold them to the same standard? 
and they keep talking about violence. And then you have MSNBC. MSNBC is the far-left Democrat base's news channel. So, here's Roland Martin on MSNBC. Cue the audio. This is him just this week. Pastor Charles Jenkins has uh, an intro to his song, War, uh, where he says, when the enemy is coming at you, you can't fall down, you can't break down. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. They have allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. This evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. It's about time, President Joe Biden decide to get tough. It's about time his advisors stop being weak and stop being impotent and not fighting back. What these people want to do to this country is destroy democracy. They want to rig elections. And so it requires you to stand strong. You don't walk comments back. You don't wilt under the pressure. Republicans and conservatives, they are weak. All they do is whine and complain. Oh my God, he called us semi-fascists. They have called Democrats uh, Marxists They have called them communists. They have called them socialists. They have called them pedophiles. And all of a sudden, now you get hit and now you start whining. Well, guess what, Democrats? Guess what, Biden? Guess what, Jamie Harrison, Schumer, Pelosi, and everyone else? You keep hitting. You keep pounding. Because this is about the future of our children. I've got 13 nieces and nephews, and I'd be damned if I'm going to leave a country for them run by these crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil evil in every facet of our society. Yeah, it's a scary okay, thing. Now, to- and of course, keep in mind that uh, they openly embrace socialism. Some of them openly embrace communism. And the, their policies are all based and rooted in socialism. Um, so when you are a socialist, you deserve to be called a socialist. What's hysterical about it is when they call people fascists, they don't actually identify with fascism. That's the great inconvenient truth. Any Trump supporter out there is an anti-fascist by default because conservatives are anti-fascism. It's it's the socialists who are pro-fascism. That's the point. That's the whole idea. Um, so, yeah, have we called uh, a lot of them? Not all of them, but have we called a lot of them Marxists and socialists and communists? Yeah, because they are. Um, has there been some hyperbole about that over the years? Yeah, probably. So... Have they called uh, the left pedophiles? Not all of them, but the pedophiles and the pedophile sympathizers and the groomers have been called pedophiles, and and absolutely. Um, Look, if you have porn in schools that would get anybody arrested if they were to show it to a kid outside of a school environment and you allow that to be shown in schools, yeah, sorry, uh, you're a groomer. Just, Just how it is. Now, if you are somebody who thinks that that is inappropriate for children, regardless of your political affiliation, you are not a groomer. See? See how that works? It's weird. It just so happens to be that A lot of the pro-pedophile crowd happens to be in the Democratic Party. Weird. Weird how that happens. You know, the Democratic Party actually has the American Communist Party marching in their annual parades. Why is that? Can we we talk about that for a second? Isn't this the same guy who pretended that he was on the front lines in Ukraine and posted that stupid picture of him wearing a flag, flag jacket and they tried to pretend that he had taken up arms in Ukraine? Isn't that the same guy who lied about that? Now, this is the host of that show. See, Tiffany Cross. Cue the audio again. This is Tiffany Cross on MSNBC, the host of the show where that guy just said what he said. I'm Tiffany Cross. And these days, it feels like we are not just at the brink of a civil war, but that one has already begun. Hmm. 
And if they try to prosecute President Trump for mishandling classified information after Hillary Clinton set up a server in her basement, they literally will be riots in the street. I worry about our country. They've tr- yeah. Well, I mean, look, that's not him saying that there should be. That's him concerned that there would be. And yeah, that's that's a reality. Uh, here's Tiffany Cross in another part of the part of the uh, the show after listening to another guest. This is what she said. Because obviously Republicans, I think, are the biggest threat to democracy. We don't separate right wing extremists and Republicans. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't separate right wing extremists and Republicans. They're all the same. Hmm. It's almost like they want you to do something so they can exploit it for uh, election gain. Hmm. Don't fall for it. They're trying to bait you into violence. That's what they're trying to do. That's what Biden's whole speech was about. He's like, we got to get them to do another January 6th because if we don't, we're going to be in trouble. Let's not forget that after the January 6th committee hearings, less Americans believe that Trump was responsible for January 6th than before the hearings even started. It's all going, it's all going upside down. They want to bait you. They want to bait you. And as I've said before, it isn't time. It's not time. And I hope we never get to that point. MNC News Time is 3.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Now, coming up in just a little bit, I have a spy who has been deep, deep inside MAGA. Mega MAGA, okay? And what he has to say about Mega MAGA is a little disconcerting. So we'll have that in just a little bit. But I wanted to continue this, this whole bit here from the first part of the show. And remember, they're trying to bait you. They need another January 6th. The truth is, and I know that most of you know this, but let's just remind everybody. The truth is, conservatives don't get violent like Democrats do. Conservatives don't get violent like Antifa and BLM and Occupy and all of the other groups that have rioted incessantly for the past several decades. Conservatives don't do that. Conservatives form the Tea Party and then they show up and and, uh, they pick up after themselves and they, they thank police and law enforcement for their service and they honor the military and first responders at their events and then they leave the park having left no trash behind at all. That's what conservatives do. And as we kept talking about when the bird-dogging operations of the DNC through the Robert Creamer group and the Hillary Clinton campaign were happening in the Republican primary where they were pretending that Trump supporters and Bernie supporters were engaging in acts of violence when in fact they were paid operatives for the Hillary Clinton campaign, we tried telling you, look, the goal is to get you to fight back. That was the goal. And the first time that it, that it happened was at Berkeley. That was the first time that Republicans and conservatives fought back. They showed up at Berkeley. They were protesting peacefully at Berkeley, and they were attacked again by Antifa. And they responded. That was where based Stickman came out. They responded, and Antifa lost. And then other groups started showing up. And after protest and protest and protest and protest was happening, conservatives started showing up prepared to be attacked by Antifa because they were going to be. And then they were. The goal was to get you to react. 
so they could use the imagery that they used on January 6th. That was always the goal. The media will ignore the violence of the left. The one instance that they have of any violence on the right, the one instance they have amplified now for several years, and they constantly refer to it, it's the one time it's happened, and they desperately need you to do it again so they can market it. Democrats threaten civil war if they lose in November. All right, here's Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin, a famous washed-up comic who beheaded Trump in a comic sketch while decrying Republicans' calls for violence. <laughs> If you don't want a civil war, vote for Democrats in November. If you do want a civil war, vote Republican. That's what she tweeted out. It's kind of interesting because it was the Democrats who made that threat for the 2020 election, remember? If you if you want there to be violence in the street, vote for Trump again. David Weissman said, it really is that simple, replying to her. So, again, numerous examples here of Democrats going out there and advocating for a civil war. Once again, they want you to respond. And we already know how a civil war is going to go. We already know how that's going to go. Everybody kind of gets that, okay? They get it. You get it. Everybody gets it. Nobody actually wants it to happen. Um, We don't want it to happen because we know what it'll do to the country, and we still don't want to be at war with our fellow Americans, even if we disagree with them politically. They don't want it to happen because they'll be slaughtered and they know it. Then I ran into this article here by Guy Benson. Democrats don't believe their own rhetoric on democracy in peril. Hmm. Let's see what he has to say. After the break, coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Democrats don't believe their own democracy in peril rhetoric by Guy Benson. This is, um, it's interesting to watch Guy Benson say something that I've basically been telling you because he and I, ah, we, I think we're on the same page 60% of the time. I like Guy a lot, don't get me wrong, but um, he's one of those kind of like middle for the sake of being middle guys. And as a result, he, he won't take a principled position on some stuff and it kind of irritates me. Biden's widely panned democracy speech last week. Here's how bad this was, okay? The speech was so bad, CNN changed the color of the lighting in the live feed. Like, everybody knew what they were looking at. Anyway, featuring creepy and controversial optics and a heavy dose of demagoguery and hypocrisy argue that MAGA Republicans pose a threat to our very republic. Biden somewhat walked back his attacks the next day, but he said what he said. And even the partial reversal left much to be desired. So, you know, I don't need to go into all of it. Basically, Peter Ducey had asked him, he's like, look, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? Biden responded, quote, I don't consider any Trump supporter a threat to the the country. But he just said, he just said that they were a threat to the very soul of the nation. Okay. Just... (laughs) Like I said, this is what you're dealing with, right? 
So anyway, kind of Guy Benson goes on there. Um, their empty words say one thing. Their actions say quite another. They want ultra-maga candidates to run against, believing them to be easier to defeat. And to that end, they're putting big money where their mouths are. Moderate Republicans like outgoing Maryland Governor Larry Hogan are calling Democrats out. And of course he is. And Democrats are shrugging and essentially admitting that it's all about accumulating power and winning elections and nothing more. So here's the thing. As I've been telling you from kind of the beginning of the campaign cycle is we have found out that the Democratic Party has been funding MAGA Republicans in primaries. The goal of that, according to the Democrats, right, the goal is to get Trump Republicans as the Republican nominee because they think they'll be easier to beat, right? But here's the other question. What if they're not? What if the plan backfires? Now, if you're a Democrat, and I know that many of you who listen to this show are, but if you're a Democrat, is that worth the risk considering the rhetoric that you have about Trump supporters? If a Trump supporting candidate gets the GOP nomination and then smokes the Democrat in the general election, Your party has squarely put a MAGA Republican in Congress. You did that, at least in part. And if MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy itself, then you're admitting that the Democratic Party is gambling with democracy itself. They're gambling with the very existence of the soul of this nation and the existence of the nation itself, according to Biden's own words and the words of MSNBC that I just played you and the words of blue checkmark verified idiots on Twitter that I just I just read for you. Now, wouldn't the better strategy be to help get people who won't destroy the very fabric of the country? as the nominee for the opposing political party, because then even if you lose to them, there's no great threat. Wouldn't that be the proper course of action? If you really think that MAGA Republicans are a danger to America, why risk getting them in power? What if your calculations are wrong? And looking at the polling data right now, they appear to be wrong. Unless there's some grand strategy that is happening. I mean, who knows? I suppose it's possible. Because I know that if you're going to risk losing an election, because any election that you have, you risk losing. If you're going to risk losing an election, wouldn't you rather lose to people that you feel are not a danger or a threat to the very fabric of the nation? Because at least then you can say, yeah, look, we, we lost to uh, the establishment Republicans, but thank God we didn't lose to, you know, those MAGA Republicans that would have destroyed everything. Now we can live to fight another day and we'll be back in two years and then we'll be back again in four. It's a tremendous gamble, don't you think? Or is it? You see, it's only a gamble if you actually believe the rhetoric. And since nobody actually believes the rhetoric, nobody believes Trump supporters are fascist. 
Nobody actually believes they're a danger to this country. Nobody believes that Trump or his supporters are pro-Russian or pro-China or whatever. Nobody actually believes that. It's just political talking points. But if you did, why would you support such a risky strategy? Because after all, that strategy, if what people like Biden and MSNBC say are true, that strategy could lead to the complete destruction of our country. Now, why would you risk that just to try and win an election easier than you would have otherwise? Hmm? Democrats are saying that they can't beat establishment Republicans. It'll be easier to beat MAGA Republicans. Like I said, polling seems to suggest otherwise. But that's what Democrats are saying. So they would rather risk the very fabric of the nation and its soul because they think it'll be easier for them to win an election than to safeguard the longevity of the union and risk losing. That's not patriotism. What would you call that? More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Make sure you follow me on Truth Social at Casey the Host. BTMedia.news for daily show prep podcasts and more. Lots of posts on BT Media today. Good stuff today. You can also follow me on Telegram at Casey the Host. And of course, Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. We need you there on Rumble. It is imperative that you are on Rumble, especially if I get fired. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. If I get fired, how are you going to listen to my glorious voice? You have to be on Rumble. I'm not going to put it anywhere else. Rumble.com slash Casey, the host. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Um, I did have a, a bunch of people, you know, just kind of chiming in and asking me about what's been happening in, in Vegas. Um, I, I'm aware of it. But I don't have a ton of information. So, uh, Jeff German's investigative reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. That is, it's not just one of the biggest papers. It's the biggest paper in the state of Nevada. But it's one of the biggest papers in the, in the country. Um, and I, I've spoken with Jeff. I've interviewed Jeff. I, I'm familiar with who Jeff German is. Uh, and he was... He was stabbed to death, and now they are looking at Robert Tellis, um, who is a lawyer and a public official in Clark County. Uh, he is the he's a public administrator, right, for Clark County, I think. So I'm uh, I'm less familiar with Tellis than I am with uh, German because I've been gone for you know 11 years, but but I know the name. Um, I'm familiar with him. I just don't know a lot, but apparently he's being investigated. Uh, tell us is a, yeah, he's a Clark County public administrator as a Democrat and he's being accused of murdering the Las Vegas review journal investigative journalist, uh, Jeff German. Um, 
is a German or German? I, I want to say that they used to call him German or something like that, but it's been a while. Um, so anyway, I'm follow- I don't have a lot of details. For, I know everybody looks to me when it's a Vegas story. I don't have a lot of details. So I don't know all of what's happening, but I am aware of it. So I thank, er- thank you to everybody who's like, you know, keeping me up on it. People keep asking if I have any inside track on it. I, I don't. Um, most of my... Most of my local ties have kind of draw, dried up in, in Vegas. Uh, things, have, things have moved on. A lot of people who were deeply rooted there have left. They've left the state as a result of the state going crazy. Uh, so as a result, I don't have a lot of pull in Las Vegas anymore. I have a little bit, but not too much. But I can tell you, I, I'm very familiar with Jeff German's work. And, um, but... Yeah, it's just sad to hear about that. I mean, nobody should be fired for doing their job or uh, uh, murder for doing their job. But, you know, we don't have all the details yet. So as soon as we learn anything, I'll, I'll keep you updated. I know that people get interested about that stuff just because of my connection there. All right, so I do have a a deep, deep... This is one last thing that I want to do here. Um, I have a deep, deep source in Mega Maga, Okay. So in Mega Maga, we're talking about like, you know, there's normal Maga, like you're probably normal Maga, but then there's Mega Maga. Those are the ultra secret Illuminati Maga Trump Republicans, okay? And they're the ones who are orchestrating everything, right? So I have somebody who's actually deep in Mega Maga. And what he has to say about who Mega Maga is is really disturbing. Cue the audio. Uh, this is an interview with him. We've obviously, dis- you know, we we not described, we've uh, disguised his voice just so you don't know who he actually is. We've even added like a weird little accent on there. You can pick up little bits of it. Uh, But this is what he had to say about Mega Maga. The the sad thing about it is that they truly value God and the moment you mention Satan, they just lose it. I joined their movement to to see what they were about and it was it was horrible they believe that we should help ourselves before helping other countries which which doesn't make any sense at all and that's what their racist America first is all about this these people are so out of touch with reality that they choose facts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm kind of emotional here. They they choose facts over feelings. And that's the definition of fascism. Can, can we do this again? Like, um... And that's not all. Imagine thinking parents should be in control of their children instead of our great non-binary school teachers. I mean, I mean, what the hell is that about? These are only some of the extreme ideas that these people have and practice. Not to mention their love for the criminal Trump and their hatred for a lord and savior Klaus Schwab. I mean this is it's pretty compelling stuff. Um you know mega maga disturbing you know they're not satanic they love god they think that 
parents should be in control of their kids, not non-binary teachers. Um, They they, they love Trump and not Klaus Schwab. I mean, it's just, you know, this is a very, you heard how emotional it was for him. I mean, he was breaking down and he actually loses it at the end there and He's still wearing like a Make America Great Again hat, and he couldn't keep it on anymore. It started to burn his flesh, so he just he had to throw it down. It's like um, it's like holy water to a vampire. So just I'm, I'm telling you, man, it is it's scary times out there. Okay, scary, scary times. If you can't if you can't celebrate the devil without people getting upset, and if you can't honor and worship Klaus Schwab, I mean <laughs> redundant, right? devil Klaus Schwab, um, then, you know, what is it that we can even do as a country? Honestly, it might as well just go and burn it all down now. So I'm, I'm glad that this brave soul was willing to go undercover into Mega Maga. But I also, I took something away from, I took something away from this interview. <laughs> and it was that he's like, they, they, they believe in facts over feelings, which is the definition of fascism, he said. Guys, repackage fascism as factism. Hashtag it now. Repackage and rebrand fascism as factism. Because that's what it is. Not fascism itself, but what you actually do versus what you're accused of doing. Remember, they're the fascists. Antifa's the fascist. And by the way, that's going to hurt them um, just, as, just as much as it hurts you because they're actually communists. But... Nonetheless, they employ fascist tactics. So rebrand fascism as factism and just watch it tweak their ever-loving minds. I mean, what kind of a, what do we even want to live in a world where we can't worship Klaus Schwab? Honestly. If you don't know who he is, you need to look him up. Just be warned, if you do, he will become your lord and savior. Klaus Schwab. <clears throat> More coming up. Newstalk 953. Michiana's News Channel. I've got some stories about Antifa. I could go into it now. I'm not going to. Um, maybe do it this week. I might even do it later today. I don't know. It just... I feel the need to shift focus here. So let's talk about Amazon. Amazon, between April of 2020 and June of 2021, they had multiple fires at several different locations, several different uh, fulfillment centers. Those are the Amazon warehouses. And all of those fires were caused by their solar panels. Uh, okay. I'm not telling you if you get a solar panel, you're going to have a fire. I'm not saying that, but nonetheless, it's a little concerning. On the afternoon of April 14, 2020, dozens of firefighters arrived at an Amazon warehouse in Fresno, California, as thick plumes of smoke poured from the roof of the 88, 880,000 acre, not acre, good Lord, 880,000 square foot warehouse, sorry. Some 220 solar panels and other equipment at the facility, known as FAT-1, were damaged by the three-alarm fire, which was caused by an undetermined electrical event within the solar system mounted on top of the roof, unquote. 
That is Fresno's fire investigator, Leland Wilding. That's what he wrote in his incident report. So he's saying that the the fire, which damaged 220 solar panels and other equipment at the facility, was caused by the solar panels. A little over a year later, about 60 firefighters were called to an even larger Amazon facility in Perryville, Maryland, and put out a two-alarm blaze, according to local news there. In the intervening months, at least four other Amazon fulfillment centers have caught fire, experienced electrical explosions due to failures with their solar energy generating systems. Okay, now this is all according to CNBC. The documents, which have never been made public, indicate that between April of 2020 and June of 2021, Amazon experienced, quote, critical fire or arc flash events in at least six of its 47 North American sites with solar installations, affecting 12.7% of their facilities. Arc flashes are basically electrical explosions, if you don't know. Okay. The rate of dangerous incidents is unacceptable and above industry averages, said an Amazon employee in an internal report. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know how many people actually have fire starting from their solar panels. I don't know. I would assume that it can happen, but I mean, anything... You plug in, can catch fire. That's the nature of it. The solar snafus underscore the challenge that Amazon and many other large corporations face in their quest to shrink their environmental footprint and reduce reliance on fossil fuels. Amazon has been among the most aggressive. In 2019, Jeff Bezos launched the Climate Pledge, promising the largest online retailer with zero out emissions by 2040. You know what he should have done? This is what Jeff Bezos should have done. I don't know where he got his solar panels from. I don't know if he made the solar panels. I don't know if this is like an Amazon product that they're testing and they figure they just put it at their own facility. I don't know. You know what he should have done, though? You should have bought Elon Musk solar panels. (laughs) Which (laughs) Now, for those of you who don't know, they're not real fond of each other, but (laughs) Elon Musk powered the entire island of Puerto Rico after that hurricane, and I don't recall any fires ever happening. So I'm just saying, Elon, <laughs> Puerto Rico lost all of their electrical grid. Remember that massive hurricane that hit before COVID? Their entire electrical grid was destroyed, and Elon Musk like airdropped solar panels all over the island so they had power. And I don't remember Puerto Rico catching fire and tipping over like Guam. I don't remember that. Maybe it has, because I really haven't heard of Puerto Rico uh, since then. So is Puerto Rico still around? How did they do during COVID? Was that a thing for them? Did it wipe them out? Look on the map. See if Puerto Rico is still there. Did it flip over? Did it go belly up? I mean, we lost Guam. I don't want to lose Puerto Rico, too. Good people over there. Many will be able to reap financial rewards for renewable energy efforts he's actually doing. Are you really doing it? Or are you just, like, going on TikTok to look at, you know, somebody's backside? Okay. Not at work. At least use use the incognito mode, which is an incognito. Uh, Congress in August passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes climate provisions projecting to reduce the country's carbon emissions by roughly 40% by 2030. That will not happen, by the way. Uh, California, People's Republic of California is out there telling everybody, oh, by the way, blackouts are coming. California is now officially at the very last vestige of no brownout blackout mode. Uh, what do they call it? A, I don't know, tier three or some other nonsense or whatever it is. I don't know. 
So anyway, California basically issued a statement today that they're at the very last category before they start cutting people's power. Um, so they're they're in trouble. We'll see what ends up happening, but they are they are in trouble. Uh, where did see? yeah yeah okay level three grid emergency. That's what it's called. It's called a level three grid emergency. Cue my audio, please. This is a news report from KTLA. It looks like it. Those power outages are very possible. That's the latest word from Cal ISO. Alert on your cell phone just a few moments ago as we moved into that stage three emergency alert. What does it mean? It's the last level before those rolling blackouts begin. All right. So there you go. So. California says uh, we're going to ban uh, you know any kind of a carbon emitting car by 2035 by electric, and they can't even sustain the electric. Two days after that, they told people not to charge their electric cars. Now they're at a stage three something or other uh, grid emergency, level three grid emergency, which means they're getting ready to start cutting power to everybody. You got Newsom out there. We just need everybody to pitch in and hold on for the, for the next couple of days. Now, of course, Newsom's not going to hold on. Newsom's going to have power. The peasants won't have power. Newsom will have power. Just not not you, you plebes out there. Okay, You're not going to have power. He will. Then all of a sudden, I didn't do this story. I know I teased it, I think, for Monday. I didn't, well, Tuesday, I guess. I didn't do it, but um, nuclear power suddenly, quietly kind of making a comeback. Everybody's starting to acknowledge quietly that we need nuclear if we're going to be doing all of this stuff. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with converting to different types of, of vehicles. What you have to do before you do that, though, is you got to build up the grid to handle it. And if you're going to be forcing electric cars down everybody's throats, that's one thing. But you have to have the capacity for people to own, possess, and operate said vehicles without causing what's happening in California right now, uh, a level three power grid emergency is what they're calling it. I was born in California. I got John Zimney in here. He lived in California for an extended period of time with brownouts. (laughs) We've been through this. It sucks, especially when you're in a warm climate like that. So now, you know, California's like, yeah, just a couple days. (laughs) Maybe. What'll turn it? Well, start off as a couple of days. It'll turn into a couple of weeks. It'll turn into a whole thing, and then everybody's going to start saying, "Why did I buy this electric car if you're not going to let me charge it?" You know that sort of stuff. But nuclear power all of a sudden becoming very, very popular from California to France to Japan and beyond. Nuclear power is all the rage suddenly. NPR ran a piece last week. NPR, okay, and they said you should celebrate environmentalists. For pushing nuclear energy. Environmentalists hate nuclear energy. They have opposed nuclear energy from the very beginning. They despise it. They're still actively fighting it right now on their little websites and message forums. Environmentalists didn't push for nuclear energy. That's not an environmentalist thing. But NPR is trying to credit them with it. Gaslighting, rewriting history. I mean, I know that this is you know kind of what we do now, but this this whole thing about ah, nuclear is uh, starting to be a thing again. Well, you have to have nuclear. If you're going to push electric vehicles, you have to have nuclear because there's no other power source that we have that can meet that demand. We've solved the nuclear waste issue. We have solved the 
most of the fallout issues. We have solved the size issues. We can do these mini nuclear plants now. And, and I know that Indiana is considering this going forward. I hope that they do it. But they're like these mini, they're almost satellite power stations, but they're nuclear. And if something does go wrong, okay, if there is a catastrophic failure, the fallout isn't nearly as bad as you would see at a three-mile island or something like that. Even though those sorts of things are extremely rare. Let's not forget all of the lies they told you about Fukushima and what was going to happen after Fukushima. None of that came true because it was all nonsense. But this is this is where we're we're heading right now, and it's just like I said, pretty interesting. I also ran a report here. Uh, I didn't run a report. Sorry, read it. That there is a cue my audio real quick. I got a one minute audio clip I want to play. This is I did a whole show, an early show on this. So if you subscribe on Rumble, go to Rumble and look for like electric vehicles and EVs. I did a whole thing breaking down the EV tax credit, which is really a giant scam. Okay, but I want you, I want you to go and just listen to this one minute report about how most people are not ever going to get the electric vehicle tax credit. Have a listen. The Biden administration's electric vehicle tax credit may not be accessible to most Americans shopping for a car. The administration's latest climate change law is awarding up to a $7,500 tax credit on electric vehicle purchases. But the credit comes with restrictions that may only fit a fraction of car buyers and a small number of cars. Eligible cars must be at least 40% made in North America and cost no more than $55,000. For a van, truck, or SUV, that cap is $80,000. The person's income can also not exceed $150,000 or $300,000 for a couple. What does that mean for car buyers? According to Car Scoops, that leaves only 21 eligible vehicles that meet the manufacturing and price cap requirements. 21 vehicles. Congratulations, folks. You can buy 21 cars. And here's the here's the other part that they don't tell you. You're not going to get the $7,500 tax credit unless you owe $7,500 in taxes that you haven't already paid to the IRS. So if you do your taxes and you're even at the end of the year, you get $0 of that tax credit. If you owe the IRS a further $1,000, you can get $1,000 of that tax credit. The other $6,500 just vanishes and goes away. If you owe $7,500 in your taxes, you now have to pay the IRS, then you can use it if you qualify. If you get a refund from the IRS, you get no tax credit. It It doesn't get sent to you. There's no incentive. There's none whatsoever. Have you seen the picture that's going viral today of the the electric vehicle that broke down being pushed by coal miners? Have you seen? <laughs> uh, I might make that the featured image today. MNC News Time is four thirty three. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Now, the other thing that everybody is kind of freaking out about, and this happens routinely. By the way, by the way, Casey Hendrickson here, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Watch the live stream and be special and awesome at rumble.com slash Casey the host. Rumble. Somebody told me to talk slower earlier this week. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. So go, go subscribe over there. Share it with your friends, especially leftists. They love me. But, um, Hurricanes. How many hurricanes have there been this hurricane season? Bueller, 
Bueller. By the way, you can follow Ben Stein on Truth Social. Uh, yeah, I don't think there has been. Have, have there been any? Weather Channel notified us on August 31st that rare hurricane season, August shutout possible. August is one of the core months for the Atlantic hurricane season, but none this August. We didn't have any. We didn't have any hurricanes in August. Only once since 1966 has there been a failure of at least one tropical storm to develop in the year's eight month. Eight month. I realize it didn't sound like I did my TH on that. <laughs> a few days prior to the publication of this article, the Weather Channel told us Atlantic gets busier. Four areas to track now. Please, we need a hurricane to confirm that such climate disasters are indeed increasing like we say they are. A few dead bodies are imperative, but no fear, climate activists. The long slumbering Atlantic Basin is finally showing signs of waking up. Many quiet start seasons have ended uh, ended up busy. Hopefully this year we'll be we'll get a big hurricane or two yet that will smack the USA, kill a few million people and prove those climate deniers don't know what they are talking about. There's been a lot of satire on this show today. I feel like I feel like some people are losing the nuance there. My sarcasm is advanced. Sometimes you can mistake it for me being an actual idiot. So, um, August didn't happen. This is not the first time that this has happened in just recent memory. I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, we predict record tornadoes. We predict record hurricanes because of climate change. And then they don't happen. And then you go back to them and you go, hey, you told us that like a ton of people are going to die and stuff because of hurricanes and tornadoes, but we didn't get that many. We had, you know, below average and they weren't very strong. What's the deal? Well, we have below average because of climate change. So it's man-made global warming because is going to cause hurricanes, and then when we don't get them, it's also man-made global warming. You know, craziness. But just just figured I would point that out, just in case you were wondering. I mean, our tornado season was pretty low-key, too. Had a couple of big ones, not going to deny that. Uh, but still, as far as activity, we had, I think, what, two, maybe three weeks there that were pretty active. And it just kind of, it you know, fell out. A lot of people were going to get really concerned. They were starting to, to look at this and go, this might be a really bad tornado season. I think I even said so on the show. Like, it was just really active there for a while. But thank God it, you know, it didn't pan out that way. Um, certainly don't want to minimize the losses that we, we did have because we did. You know, several people died. Uh, There's a lot of damage that ended up happening. And, you know, that's not good. We don't like having any of that. But unless, still important to point out. The the uh, Washington Post is freaking out, as well as many other people in Washington, D.C. are freaking out because allegedly the new owner of Politico likes Trump. Oh, and he's German. You know what that means? It means he's a fascist. Germany, if you don't know, is in big climate trouble. Well, energy trouble because of climate policies. You know that Russia this week cut off all supplies of energy to Europe, right? Which means we're going to have to make up for what they don't get, which means you'll have less, just so we're clear. But Germany is in the worst state of anybody. And Germany is not doing too good. So Russia cut off all energy to Europe this week, and or at least the announcement happened this week. I think it was just, I think they actually like turned, figuratively, turned the spigot off, and nobody's getting any energy in Europe right now. 
So they're coming into the winter months in Europe and they don't have, you know, energy reserves. So they're in trouble. We're in trouble in many places. They're still expecting there to be a, a gas issue this winter. Uh, you've got power grid issues right now and will probably be power grid issues uh, depending on what happens through the winter months in many states. We've still got the energy companies in the Midwest sounding the alarm about potential shortages. These are all real problems. And you're going to have to prepare. You can prepare, by the way, uh, by getting extra blankets and sheets and stuff like that at MyPillow.com, promo code Casey. That's the reads that I should be doing. I should be promoting people getting their winter supplies at MyPillow so they don't freeze to death. I say it in jest, but I'm serious. <laughs> I'm dead serious about it. Um, but you know, back to the, the German thing in Politico. So Politico was just bought not that long ago. And the rumored price is $1 billion. That was the original reported. I came on and laughed hysterically because Politico is clearly not worth a billion dollars. Uh, but we actually don't know if that price is real. Okay, We don't know if a billion dollars is the actual sale price. They haven't disclosed it. So it may not be a billion dollars. But the CEO of Axel Springer, Matthias Dopfner, is like honcho over there. And apparently what has been discovered by the Washington Post is that the, the CEO of this German company who's now taking over Politico once told his staff to pray that Donald Trump wins re-election. Oh, man. Now, we don't have any context. Okay? Uh, for all I know, that could be Donald Trump is really good for the news cycle, which is, you know, why CNN probably should have prayed for Donald Trump to get re-elected because CNN is now dying as a result of him not being there. So is the Washington Post, by the way. Lost 3 million readers, 15% digital ad revenue, and uh, mass layoffs are coming. Although they deny the layoff part. But for, for all I know, the guy doesn't like Trump. He's just good for news. He's good for business. And, you know, I'm in this business, so there are times where I will tell you, like, oh, who do you want in, in this election or something like that? And I will tell you, well, you know, ideologically, I like this person. However, for my job, I like this person because it dramatically, <laughs> it dramatically makes my life easier. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, I don't know what the context is, but apparently some of the, some of the quotes involved him pointing out that he's done more for not only the United States, but Europe than any other presidential administration. For the record, he's correct. If his position was Trump has done more for Europe than any other American presidency, uh, at least in the modern era, the answer would be. That would be accurate. I mean, post Cold War, Cold Cold War. I don't know when I got dyslexia. Post Cold War. That's certainly true. No American administration in the last fifty years has done more. He said. He's accurate. Let's not forget. Trump is the one that warned them about their current energy crisis, and he was mocked and laughed at by the German delegation. Trump is right. There will probably be Germans who die as a result of the energy crisis this winter. That is a sad reality of German winters. Okay, Maybe in France they can get through it, but German winters, people will probably die. And that's the horrible truth. And the person who tried to warn them about that and tried to prepare them for that was mocked by politicians in Germany. 
But because this guy allegedly said nice things about Trump, Politico now has to be destroyed. Politico has been seen by leftist DC media as an ally for many, many years now. I remember when Politico started. Politico started as a non-biased news entity. They always do. They start as non-biased. You start reading. You're like, oh, man, these guys actually call it down the middle. That's great. That's wonderful. Use them on the show all the time, and then hard left. Just out of the blue one day. Hard left. I don't remember if there's an ownership change or what, but um, now the stated goal is to bring Politico back to a centrist. And because they are you know, allegedly going to be brought back to being centrist, the Washington Post wants to destroy them. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, the Washington Post is in direct competition with Politico right now for leftist ideology, and Politico is winning that war. The Washington Post is losing, and therefore they want to destroy their competition. But beyond that, if Politico doesn't fall in line with leftist intelligentsia, then they certainly must be sacrificed to their great lord and savior, Klaus Schwab. More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. We are a nation of blood clots, and we'll have that um, that segment coming up in just a few minutes. Speaking of Germany, the green, a green, not the green, a green politician in Germany. Now, in most countries, the Green Party doesn't have any power. In Germany, they're actually a part of the government. Okay, they're very popular in Germany. The Green Party in Germany has had to admit finally, that they need nuclear power. They can't do everything with solar and wind and, and, you know, unicorn farts and pixie dust. It doesn't work. Now, the Green Party was forced to admit that. A Green politician has now resigned after inventing a Nazi death threat against himself. Fake hate hoaxes have made their way to Germany. The alleged death threats from neo-Nazis against green politician Manoj Subramaniam have made headlines across Germany and led to tensions in North Rhine-Westphalia. I'm butchering all this stuff. I don't know. Anyway, that's the largest population in Germany. Largest state population in Germany. However, the counselor staged the various threats in an elaborate scheme according to the results of an investigation published by the public prosecutor's office. The 33-year-old, whose parents immigrated from Sri Lanka, submitted numerous complaints. First, his car windows were smashed and swastikas sprayed on the vehicle. Another time, he claimed SS runes and a swastika were drawn on the doorbell of his house. Then he revealed that a swastika was scrawled on the sidewalk in front of his apartment and that he found razor blades in the mail. The politician also received death threats signed by NSU 2.0, referring to the National Socialist Underground Group, that committed a number of murders across Germany for years. The police took protective measures for the politician, and state security allegedly began intensive investigations. As he asserted, uh, journalists made the case big. The uh, Green Parliamentary Group leader actually expressed her solidarity with him, issuing numerous public statements. However, the evidence now shows that not a single threat was real, according to the German news outlet Focus. As part of these investigations, the suspicion was confirmed that the reported crimes did not occur, that they were faked, and that there was no threat, 
Search measures and an interrogation of the accused have confirmed this suspicion, according to the Aachen police. We got a German version of Jesse Smollett. Look at that. Look, um, a lot of stuff that they do over there gets imported here, and a lot of stuff that we do here gets exported over there, I guess. I I think the guy was actually hiding from his crazy ex-girlfriend. He needed police protection. That's what I think was happening, and he didn't really know how to say that uh, without um, you know feeling emasculated, so he just told everybody that it was neo-Nazis that did it. So it's good to know that we have a major export to Europe. Uh, hate hoaxes. I'm glad they actually caught the guy. There's there's that. I mean, they, they could have gone an extended period of time and not caught anybody, but they did catch him, which is good. All right, we're going to talk about America becoming a blood clot nation. Pretty interesting stories, numerous stories, actually, involving this coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I wonder what could possibly be causing blood clots in young, healthy adults, including athletes. It's a mystery. It's almost as mysterious as how can we possibly prevent the spread of monkeypox? That's all coming up next. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Wow. This is a, an interesting story. By the way, I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. High school football player Caden Clymer has had his athletic career cut short after doctors found and removed six feet of blood clots from his legs. I don't know how many of you have relatives out there or have yourself dealt with blood clots. Very interesting things. Uh, we've never had an issue with it until a relative started getting them um, after a surgery. And they're not they're not fun. Uh, blood clots are well, they're they're a bit bit of a nightmare, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And there's a reason that I've given you the scientific research on young people with blood clots, because young people with blood clots basically don't exist. At least they didn't. If only we had some kind of an idea as to what could possibly be causing blood clots in young, healthy people, including athletes. I, I don't, I don't know. The cause of the blood clot is not yet known, but the teen now requires a regimen of blood thinners to ensure the issue does not crop up again. Did you know that some blood clots become so hard that you need special hardened? tools in order to drill through them did you know that i didn't know that until it happened to uh to a relative like tools that are not readily available you know how if you have uh if, if you have a drill right you got your normal drill bits like your cheap drill bits your cheap drill bits you know and they'll they'll get through maybe your wall in your house or something like that a couple of times but you're not going to use it for anything hard you're not going to use them on steel you're not going to use it on concrete or anything like that because it just won't work so if you're going to be drilling into those materials you have to have special bits you know you've got your gold plated you got your titanium plated you got your diamond plate you get the uh, tungsten carbide and all that so you get the idea right you need 
You need different things in order to get through certain materials. That exists for blood clots. I don't know all of the specifics of it, but I remember that there this, this relative had a blood clot that was so hard, regular drill bits, surgical drill bits, would not work on it. Now, most people are probably, it's just blood. How can it be that hard? I'm telling you, they're weird things. He had six feet of blood clots removed from his legs. He's a high school football player. Career's over. Can't play in college. Can't play in high school. Certainly no chance of going pro. It's done. It's all done. Several embalmers across the country have been observing many large and sometimes very long fibrous and rubbery clots inside the corpses that they treat and are speaking out about their findings. I have asked people that I know in this business, if this is true, they've assured me it is. I've told you this story before over the past several months, and there have been many other stories that have come forward about people who process dead bodies talking about this. That... People who died from some health condition, they end up finding out that, oh, that person has massive blood clots. Undiagnosed, unbeknownst to anybody. Wonder where they came from. Numerous embalmers from different states confirmed to the Epic Times that they have been seeing these strange clots starting from either 2020 or 2021. It's not yet known if the cause of the new clot phenomenon is COVID-19, vaccines, both, or something different. Go look at when they started showing up in mass. Go ahead. We've already gone through the timeline. Go look at the timeline. When did it happen? It happened right after they opened the vaccine up to the general population. Go ahead. Go look. I'll wait. I mean, I won't wait. I'll just keep talking, but... You get the idea. We've already given you the data. They started miraculously showing up right after there's mass vaccinations in the country. Weird, right? The Epic Times received additional videos and photos of the anomalous clots, but could not upload them due to the level of gore. Mike Adams, who runs the ISO 17025 accredited lab in Texas analyzed clots in August and found them to be lacking iron, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. Adams Lab uses induct, induct, inductively coupled plasma mass spectro, spectro, spectrometry, excuse me, IPC or ICPMS. You doctors out there are laughing at me, and that's okay. None of you can shoot like I can, so shh. Anyway, um, We have tested one of the clots from embalmer Richard Hirschman and also tested side-by-side live human blood from an unvaccinated person. He found that the clots are lacking key elements present in healthy human blood, such as iron, potassium, and magnesium, suggesting that they are formed from something other than blood. Let me say this again. Your blood is made up of certain ingredients. Your blood doesn't exist without those ingredients. These clots do not have the ingredients that you have in your blood. Meaning the clots, according to the experts, are forming 
not from blood, but from something else. I remember the first picture of these clots being uploaded to the internet, and I remember massive fact checks from social media and news outlets basically saying it was a hoax, that it wasn't real, but it is real. He found that the clots are lacking key elements present in healthy human blood, iron, potassium, and magnesium. You all know your blood has that in it. Suggesting that the that the clots formed from something other than blood. So what did they form from? If it wasn't blood, how did these clots form? Why are they rubbery? Why are they not as hard as some blood clots can get? Adams is joining analytic forces with more doctors to and plan to invest out of their own pocket in equipment in order to further determine their, comp- their composition and probable causation. Now, we're at a point now where some, you know, tiny little sad dwarf guy named Fauci can get all the money he wants, but doctors who are trying to uncover why it is we have this brand new health anomaly in our society have to invest their own money to get these specialized equipment in order to study it. Put that in perspective. The string-like structures differ in size, but the longest can be as long as the human leg, and the thickest can be as thick as a pinky finger. Now, for those of you on the live stream, I don't have large hands. I have like what you call like averagey hands. Okay, as thick as a pinky. Richard Hirschman, a licensed funeral director and embalmer in Alabama, recalled that he has been in the, in the trade since, since the tragedy of 9-11. Prior to 2020 and 2021, we probably would see somewhere between 5 to 10% of the bodies that we would embalm having blood clots. We are familiar with, the, uh, with what blood clots are, and we've had to deal with them over time. He says now, 50 to 70% of the bodies he sees have blood clots. For me to embalm a body without any clots... Kind of like how it was in the day prior to all of this stuff is rare. The exception is to embalm a body without clots, he said. They actually included a chart which shows the differences between the blood of the unvaccinated and the clot test from the ICMMS, according to the analysis that was done. I I couldn't read that to you and make it any sense, but um, if you are interested, it will be in the daily show prep. In 20 years of embalming, I had never seen these white fibrous structures in the blood, nor have any, nor have others in my field. In the past year, I have seen these strange clots in many different individuals, and it doesn't seem to matter what they die of. They often have similar substances in their blood. This makes me very concerned because if something is wrong in the blood, it begs the question, is something causing people to die prematurely, he said. In the summer of 2021, COVID deaths were on the decline, but these clots were increasing in number. My suspicion is that the vaccine may be the cause of these strange clots. I realize that I am not a doctor, nor am I a scientist, but I do know what blood looks like, and I'm very familiar with the embalming process. He says he's been doing it again for over 20 years. I do not know 100% what causes these clots, but I do know from my experience and through speaking with several other embalmers and funeral directors, none of us 
had ever seen strange clotting before. Now it's commonplace, guys. Why, why is that? I mean, that certainly would seem to be a question, right? Hirschman is not always able to talk to the families, but has been diligently trying to confirm if the bodies of the people with clots have been vaccinated. The funeral house sometimes knows the vaccination status of the deceased person and tells him sometimes it may also be that the person got vaccinated and did not tell the family. He also stated that he found the same stuff in a man who had a stroke while sleeping and who died of cancer. He annotated the details of bodies that he has embalmed in the past few years. Um, and you start going through the numbers here of, of the ones who have clots. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. In the first quarter of 2022, he had 146 bodies, 38 of them, no clots. Okay, so 146 total, 38, no clotting, 67, heavy clotting, 20 confirmed vaccinated. In the second quarter, he had 90 bodies, 11 of them, no clotting, 38, heavy clots, 21 confirmed vaccinated. In the third quarter of this year, he's had 128 bodies, 19, no clots, 51, heavy clots, 15 confirmed vaccinated. They go on to talk about other embalmers around the country, basically saying the same thing. So not only do we have these clots showing up, the clots are not made up of what blood is made up of. They have a different consistency and a different color than a normal blood clot has. And they're showing up in people of all ages, and they're showing up in numbers that have never been seen before. And it's... It's amazing how this keeps happening to young, healthy people who don't get blood clots. Now, what specifically is causing it, we still don't know, but the spike happened after vaccinations became widely available to the general public. Now, maybe that's just a timing issue. Maybe it is COVID. But your first suspect should probably be the vaccine. And then determining, is it the technology behind the vaccine? Is it a specific vaccine? Which one, you know, if it's, if it's either of them. But you can't just ignore the fact that this is a reality and it's happening. And something interesting is happening on Twitter right now as well. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Something very interesting is happening on Twitter. Thousands of people have now taken to Twitter to say that they regret getting vaccinated. And it's not like one or two people. It's a lot of people. And I'm not, again, I'm not telling you not to get vaccinated. You have to make the best decision on your own. The science is crystal clear, though, that if you're young, under 40, and you're healthy, and you don't have any comorbidities, there really isn't any reason for you to get vaccinated. You're not in danger of the vac- or the of the virus. And we do know that natural immunity is far superior than any of the vaccines. We also know that natural immunity does not wane like the vaccines do. Even the CEO of Pfizer said that the booster shots only last about two months. So you make the best decision that you want to make, but you can't make that decision unless you're told everything. And that's that's always been my position. Thousands of individuals have taken to Twitter to express their regret for taking the COVID shot, a shot that they say, quote, was worse than COVID. And for many people, it won't be. But for many people, it will be. And that's a calculated risk that you're going to have to make. 
So there's a bunch of people on here. Uh, they're responding to some tweet, I guess, that kind of went viral. And a bunch of people are on there basically saying, including doctors, by the way, um, I regret getting the vaccine and they're using you know various hashtags and stuff like that. But what I found interesting about this, other than people just saying, I regret getting the vaccine, because we can't confirm that they've actually been vaccinated or not. But, you know, there's a bunch of people who are saying it. But then there's people who have some details. I got vaccinated a year and a half ago, and I just tested positive for COVID this morning. I regret getting the vaccine. Now, the typical, I guess, brain dead kind of argument is, that, well, you're going to have an easier time of it. That's not true. I've got an article here from the San Francisco Chronicle that actually dispels that. There's a lot of evidence that getting vaccinated for healthy individuals could potentially be make their COVID experience worse when they actually get it. Not for everybody. Again, this is you you have to determine your own health. Some of these responses to my tweet literally stating my regret for getting the vaccine are hilarious. People aren't comprehending. I I regret getting the vaccine. <laughs> Some people are basically telling her, well, you should get vaccinated. She'll, no, I regret getting it. Now, here's one, though. He posted a picture along with it of his leg. I regret getting the vaccine. Blood clots on the other leg and an appointment with the heart specialist. Do not get the jab unless your immune system is compromised. And he shows a picture of his leg where he's dealing with blood clots. It's a it's a young looking leg. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but skin looks young, looks tight. Hairs are not white at all. That's the thing that I'm looking at. People have been posting about, you know, a, another player here who just passed away, just died on the court. During the break, I was talking about a Utah high school basketball player hospitalized with blood clots to the brain. And as I've told you before, I'm not telling you not to. But you've got a bunch of scientists now looking at it and going, look, we've got blood clots. These blood clots are not made up of the typical things that blood are made of. They don't have the same consistency as a actual blood clot. So there are these rubbery clots that are happening in the body that are happening with increased frequency, and they are irregular. They're not normal, and we don't know what's causing them. But they did start blowing up right when the vaccine was opened up to the general public. And perhaps, maybe, there's something to that. So where is this, uh, this article here from the San Francisco Chronicle? One of their reporters, who is a, a COVID hermit, as what he calls himself. There we go. San Francisco Chronicle. Omicron finally got me after two years of being a COVID hermit. Then doctors made it worse. BA5 just wiped me out for 12 days. Why did doctors let me get sick instead of giving me uh, Paxlovid? Now, this guy, Matthew Fleischer, is a total COVID scaredo. He's scared of COVID, right? Now, he says he has some immune system issues, but the only evidence he provides of immune system issues is that when he gets a cold, it's really bad for him. 
But he got COVID. He got diagnosed with COVID. And then he tried to get Paxlovid. And he was denied getting Paxlovid. And so the rest of his article is him bitching a fit about doctors letting him get worse and not giving him medication that would have alleviated his symptoms. Huh. What does that sound like? I mean, thanks for playing, Matthew. You must be new here. MNC News Time is 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Uh, speaking of the COVID stuff, there is some emails that have now been released which show communication between the CDC and Facebook, which shows the CDC intentionally misled Facebook about some of their COVID messaging on their website. We'll get to that here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, To the phones we go. Rita, welcome to the program. Thanks. How are you today? I'm hanging in there. What's up? So I just, um, I'm very alarmed by the issue of the blood clots, and I've seen it in my family with older members of my family. And I'm um, also, though, you know, some of these companies have pulled back on these requirements for vaccines, but I'm really amazed and not so amazed that the colleges and universities with all those educated people um, still required vaccines for these kids going in this fall. And that just seems so ridiculous to me. And yet, if they wanted to continue their education and they're close to graduation, they still had to go through with it. So. And I think in addition to that, one of the bizarre things that at some of these universities, you have world-class infectious disease experts who are telling everybody, hey, this is a real problem. And the faculty just ignored the experts that they have on staff. And that's the thing that's kind of like floored me from, from all of this. It's like, you know, you go from in 2020, you are pitching this person as one of the premier experts on infectious disease and treatment in the entire world, and suddenly now you're telling everybody that your own person on staff is a kook. Right. And right. It's, it's just ridiculous. You haven't... I mean, you said that this has been happening in mostly the, the older relatives. You don't have any younger people who have been having the blood clots, have you? Um, no, not so far. Thankfully. Well, I mean, keep an eye on that. I mean, yeah, and some of these companies yeah. have been forced to, you know, kind of retract these requirements, but now... You know, they're, they're trying to sneak it in. I don't know if you saw this, but did you see the Biden administration official who said God gave you two arms, one for the COVID shot and one for the flu? No, I missed that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and play that one. But uh, like I said, they're going to sneak this in. They're going to start making cocktails. So just be, be aware of that going forward because they'll try yeah. and give it to people without them knowing about it. All right. Well, I, thanks for staying on top of it. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. This is uh, so. Let's take a look at these emails here between the CDC and 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 Facebook. Now, keep in mind, the federal government and members of government. Now, there's some independent organizations that are doing FOIA requests. They're getting all of these emails now about the federal government's communication with social media to censor people on their platforms. So you have government actively telling private business, "You need to not let this person talk." Now, that's a violation of your First Amendment rights. If a private business of their own volition is like, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to let you say that, you start getting into, is it really a First Amendment violation? But when that request comes specifically from the government, it is absolutely a First Amendment violation, 
And that's where the argument is now going to be going in the future. Social media giants continue to battle alleged misinformation on their platforms. A recent email confirmed one of the most pervasive and powerful sources of COVID gaslighting, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. That email, which was sent on June 3rd, includes claims by the CDC that have still not been verified. Claims that COVID-19 vaccines are ineffective for children ages six months to four years are false, and belief in such claims could lead to back vaccine hesitancy. Now, that is according to a CDC official in this email. COVID-19 vaccines available in the United States are effective at protecting people, including children ages six months to four years from getting seriously ill, being hospitalized, and even dying, according to the CDC official. The clinical trials were not powered to detect efficacy against severe disease in young children, says Dr. Sarah Oliver, a CDC official, during a meeting before the agency recommended the vaccines for young children. The trial for the vaccines used an endpoint for antibodies that have not been confirmed to protect the recipient from COVID-19. Those metrics were also based on studies using adults in 2020. So according to the trials, Moderna's vaccine has low efficacy, Pfizer's vaccine received a higher uh, a higher uh, school, but was labeled still unreliable. So here you have the CDC to Facebook. Anybody who claims that the vaccines don't work on children is wrong, and the efficacy shows that they are they are great. Well, that's not true. There's no studies that back up the claim in the CDC's email. No studies at all. And in fact, when they were debating whether or not to allow the vaccine for people, for children who are really young, the doctors were debating this and testifying. We're basically saying the studies don't show that there's any efficacy for young kids who, by the way, are not at risk from COVID. So why is it? Why is it that the CDC is sending messages to Facebook and saying anybody who makes this claim about vaccines and children is lying and therefore needs to be censored when, in fact, the CDC had no scientific data whatsoever to support their claim? So Facebook listened to the CDC. Facebook censored people, including medical professionals and infectious disease experts, to spread a lie that the CDC gave them. But you should totally trust the experts. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Let's not forget all of the stuff that we're talking about with COVID right now. Earlier in the week, I told you about the new study that came out that says nanoparticles in the mRNA vaccine have changed the immune system. Keep that in mind. YouTube announces the deletion of over 120,000 videos for, quote, misinformation. Facebook censoring posts because the CDC told them that the, uh, the research was clear that vaccines were effective for small children, six months to five years old. Only the CDC didn't have any scientific data that showed that because no research had been done on it. It was a lie. Good thing, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't get to the embryo thing. I, you know what? I'm going to save the embryo thing for tomorrow. 
I've got all of the extra stuff, all of the extra stuff from the, the Trump raid in Mar-a-Lago that we found out today. The FBI broke the law a lot. We'll get into that tomorrow. I'm sure other people will be talking about it as well. And we'll also get into this synthetic embryo that was created. Because what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's up next. Rumble.com slash Casey, the host. We'll see you tomorrow.